Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Bothell Amplified. Pastor Joe here. Uh, today we invited our newest pastoral intern, Jancy Schrader, to the pulpit to share with us her reflections on John chapter 1, verses 43 to 51, as we continue on in our series called Following Jesus. Uh, we'll check out the sermon here. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip said to him, come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said of him, Here is a truly, truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, Where did you get to know me? And Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus answered, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Holy words for God's people. Thank you, Pastor Joe, for giving me the opportunity to speak this morning. It's definitely a uh, exercise of trust, I would say. <laughs> um, hello to those of you online. Shout out to my parents. I think they're watching online this morning. <laughs> um, for those of you who I haven't had the chance to meet yet, I'm Jancy. I'm the new pastoral intern, as Pastor Joe said. Um, here specifically with a particular desire, desire to spend time with and learn from the youth. I was born, raised, went to college, and started my career in Boise, Idaho, and came up here to Seattle to attend Seattle Pacific Seminary after work with, working with InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, which is a campus ministry working with college students, for seven years. Most of my time on staff was at Boise State University, which is my alma mater, uh, but I also did a little quick stint at the University of New Mexico in Albuquerque. They have the best food, in case you were wondering. Go to Albuquerque to eat. I also worked for a little while as the young adult ministry assistant, uh, which was sort of kind of a co-pastor role for young adults at my former church in Boise. And then most recently, I did an internship just up the road at North Creek Presbyterian in Mill Creek. So for most of my adult life, I've had one foot in ministry and one foot in education because my background and undergraduate degree is in math and English teaching. So I've tried to find ways to be creative about being in ministry and working with kids in the classroom. Right now I have uh, my day job when I'm not here is working one-on-one -on -one with students in different private schools in Seattle and Bellevue. Um, and I travel and work with offer individualized instruction for neuro neurodiverse students and students who just need extra support in the classroom. 
It's the best job ever, I have to say. I get to work with students from kindergarten to 11th grade, and they're some of the greatest kids ever, and I only have to do one at a time, which is pretty nice. <laughs> uh, maybe it's already obvious a little bit, but youth and young adults uh, have been people God has given me a particular love and passion for since I was in youth group myself, which is when I was given my very first leadership opportunity. This group of people are those who have probably most shaped my faith and taught me what it looks like to follow Jesus faithfully. And I'm really grateful to be here to have a chance to learn from all of you, and particularly those wise, fun, and younger folks in the room. Speaking of faithful followers, the passage that we've already heard read this morning offers us a story of a couple more faithful followers, those first followers of Jesus. And the worship series, as you probably know, for starting this year at Bothell UMC, is following Jesus. So when I had the opportunity to preach within this sermon series, I had to pause for a minute and think uh, about the phrase, following Jesus. And my mind was actually quickly full of questions. The first being, why? Why do I follow Jesus? Sometimes I find this question, it's come up a few times in my life, I find this question to be a helpful reflection just to kind of check where my heart's at. How am I doing? How are me and Jesus doing? Why am I following Jesus? And then I also thought about questions other people might have when they hear the phrase following Jesus. Like, why should I follow Jesus? Or what does it mean to follow Jesus? Or am I still following Jesus? Or maybe even possibly, how do you follow Jesus if you can't find him or see him? Or maybe you're also like me and also also wonder about, what does following Jesus mean today? in this time and in this place and in this culture. I've learned a lot in seminary, honestly a lot more than I expected to learn, but I still have some time to go, which is great. But one lesson I found to be really important for me and really challenging to me is that I needed to remember that Christianity is a faith built on shared and communal stories. There could be those of you in the room that are like, "Mm mm-hmm, Good job, Jancy. You learned a lot in seminary, sounds like. Can't believe it took seminary for you to know that, but it did. I needed the reminder uh, because I think the context and tradition of Christianity that I came from somewhat forgot that part of ourselves. But I think only because we really wanted to make information simpler. We wanted to be able to offer digestible answers to life's hard and difficult questions and days And because we had a desire to make God appear as accessible as God really is. But what I think got lost or sacrificed in this endeavor, at least in my own experience, is is the identity of being a people of story. We forgot that even Jesus didn't offer nice, well-thought-out, logical answers to people's questions of faith. Most often... Jesus told stories or recalled a story of someone older story of our faith. And for a long time, even in my work with college students, I really wanted to give them answers about faith. I thought that was my job as their staff, pastoral role. I thought it was, I was there to give them answers. And, and my answers were rooted in experience that I had had with God in life and in scripture 
So maybe they weren't that bad. But as the years went on, the stories and questions that students brought to me became ever more complex and profound and difficult. I think I was just learning how to hear them better. I quickly got to the place where I stopped trying to give answers. I realized that's not going to work. So I did a lot more listening and acknowledging the truths that they were offering me. But even that didn't feel like quite enough for, for them. And I was at a loss about what to do. Unfortunately, I had to leave the ministry and then come to seminary first to learn the lesson. But <clears throat> seminary reminded me that my faith is held within stories. I could have offered stories. Because stories of our faith are complex, confusing, and beautiful to match the circumstances of life. So I want to practice telling more stories, which is my goal this morning. So I'm going to tell you a story. You've already heard it. I'm going to tell it again. As we hear the story, the question maybe that we're thinking about, or that I'm thinking about, inviting you to think about, is why do we follow Jesus? Or why should you follow Jesus? Or what it looks like to follow Jesus? <clears throat> so to answer that question, potentially, I'm going to share a story. The story that was originally told by the ancient storyteller, John. I invite you in this time to choose a posture for your body that invites in this story, whether that's just taking a deep breath, relaxing, you could close your eyes, you could lean your head on a friend. Same for you on online. Feel free to get comfortable in this space. And I'm going to share with you a story. Here goes. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee from the River Jordan. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, two others who had recently decided to follow, was from a town of Bethsaida. Then Philip went and found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, Philip answered. Then when Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked, How do you know me? And Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, which means my teacher, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Then Jesus said, You believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. And he added, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. That's our story. What does the story teach you? What sparks your interest, makes you curious? On another occasion, maybe even just another Sunday, 
I might take the time to stop here and just hear what you have to say, and then I would be done. But for today, if you'll humor me, I'll share what stood out for me when I was sitting in this story. As I was pondering my own question, what does it mean to follow Jesus in this time and in this place? Jesus's words at the end of the story and then the exchange between Jesus and Nathaniel are what stood out to me. I was really, I really just didn't understand what was going on. Like, why does Nathaniel respond so dramatically after Jesus says, I saw you under a fig tree? He was like, yes, you're the king of Israel. Okay, don't know what's going on there. And then Jesus later says, you're going to see angels ascending and descending on the son of man. Okay, I don't really know what that means. Is that real? Is that literal? What are you saying? So like a good seminarian, I did some digging. And what I found out, at least about the Nathaniel Jesus exchange, is actually nobody gets it. Nobody actually knows what's going on there, which is awesome. Commentators and scholars, they don't have a lot to say. They make some guesses, but they're just guesses. So in this, I learned something maybe about what following Jesus is like. I think it must be personal and intimate. Jesus says something to Nathaniel that based on his response means something to him. But it certainly doesn't sound exciting or interesting to me. In this exchange between Nathaniel and Jesus, Jesus says something to Nathaniel that only means something to Nathaniel. We don't get it. I don't get it. I don't know what's going on. To me, this says that God knows us and God loves us. And I think this story might show that following Jesus means you are known and welcomed as you are, and God will say things to you just for you. If you're unsure about following Jesus, you can be like Nathaniel. There's space for you. You can just come and see. I'm going to just come and see. But part, the part of the story that really, really draws me in, makes me very curious, is at the very end... I'll read it again. Then Jesus says, you believe because I, I told you I saw you under the fig tree. Yes, good observation, Jesus. Very interesting. Not sure what's going on. Jesus says, you will see greater things than that. And he added, very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. That mysterious line at the end, I discovered, is actually an allusion to another story. Like I said, Jesus tells stories. This is an older story, an ancient story, one that comes from Genesis chapter 28. Jacob, in this story, Jacob, who's a father of faith, who's actually known for being deceitful, that's kind of his MO, what he's known for in scripture, and if you remember earlier in the story, he tells Nathaniel, there's an Israelite in whom there's no deceit, and then tells a story about Jacob, who was deceitful, Something interesting is happening. If we had time, we'd go into it, but I'll leave that up to you for those who are curious to find out. So anyway, in this story, Jacob has a dream, and in his dream, he sees a stairway going from heaven to earth, and on the stairway, we have angels ascending and descending upon us. And then at the top of the stairway, Jesus, or in the story, Jacob sees God standing at the top. And God says, I am the Lord, the God of your father, Abraham, and the God of Isaac. And then God continues to speak, 
and promises Jacob the same promise that he promised to Abraham in an even earlier story in Genesis 12. Jacob in this promise is going to be part of God's plan of salvation. God is going to make a people as numerous as the dust of the earth who will be a blessing to all nations as they are being a people of salvation, redemption, mercy, and justice. Coming back to our story, Jesus tells Nathanael, you will see greater things. And then he makes an allusion to a story, an old story, of when a person sees God. He's the, Jacob sees Yahweh, the Lord. The best part about this, I think, is that Jesus doesn't just say it to Nathanael. In the very truly I tell you part, that's a you plural in Greek. Jesus is telling all of those who are around him, and I think even us, that to come follow him is to see greater things, to see God, to see where heaven and earth are meeting. But that's a lot. That's a really big vision. My brain has a hard time kind of wrapping itself around what that really means today. Maybe something about me you can already tell is that I, I really love when theology meets actual life. I come, in seminary we do a lot of like, here's the brain where we can think about God, but I want to know why does it matter. So for me, when Jesus gives this big vision, come follow me, you'll see God, you'll see greater things, maybe where heaven and earth are meeting, that feels like a lot for me to process. So I had to take some time to think about it. I don't really know what it means to see greater things. I have to admit that. I don't know exactly what Jesus is thinking about when he says it. But it does make me reflect on my own life and where I've seen God in my life of following Jesus. Have I seen God? And then I remember. I remember being in the room when my grandfather passed away as a moment that was so sacred and so holy and yet so human that it felt like the meeting place of heaven and earth. I remember holding my best friend's uh, firstborn baby for the first time and seeing how becoming a mom had changed her in a really beautiful way. I remember the student who I prayed with who had decided to forgive her mom after her mom had caused a lot of pain and a lot of hurt. I remember walks with my friends in 2020 when life was really painful and hard and gaining strength from them. I could go on about these moments uh, that were really ordinary, happen all the time, but are so beautiful. So beautiful that they feel like to me the greater things in life. Those moments of forgiveness, love, mercy, hospitality, reconciliation, honesty, courage, I feel like I could just keep listing all those great things. So in this story, I hear Jesus saying, come and see greater things. That's what it means to follow me. I wonder what this story says to you. Will you pray with me? Jesus, I thank you that you give an open invitation to simply come and see. 
God, I thank you for the stories of our faith, the ancient ones and the ones from our own time. I thank you for those who have followed you before, like Nathaniel and Philip and Jacob and Reverend Dr. King, who continue your invitation to pursue greater things in life, the places where heaven meets earth. May you continue to show us what it means to follow you today. Amen. All right, so that was Jan C. Schrader's sermon on John chapter 1, verses 43 to 51. I really appreciated the way that she reminds us to reflect on that really important question, why do we follow Jesus? Why should we follow Jesus? And we appreciate the reminder that faith is both personal and communal and the ways that we are invited to be part of that journey for one another. Um, hope you have a wonderful, wonderful week, and we'll see you next week here back on Bothland Applied. <laughs>